0: Witticism. Colloquialism. Segue. You're such an egotist. Yes. By the way, guys, I'm really humble. Well, howdy do, do. Now, when you get for free. Oh, God. It's awful. Good evening. You are listening to Bad Philosophy, episode 165 A Dozen Zombies. Recorded live on February 14th, 2016. Hey everybody, this is Bad Philosophy. I'm Kevin, your host. Welcome to episode 165, yet to be titled.
1: Hey wait, is that his uh, face? I think that's his face.
0: <laughs> you, you appreciate my lower third, I can tell.
1: It's, a, it's good. It's, it's a big upgrade from the last one.
0: <laughs> what did the last one say? I don't even remember. I think it said lower third. Oh, that was, that's was clever, too. I'm, I'm really yeah. good at this. I'm really good at coming up with good lower thirds. Good job, Kevin. Mm. So what are we doing today? Uh, let's, let's start for real, maybe? Uh, hey there, hi there, ho there, this is Bad Philosophy, and I'm Kevin Saunders, your host. I'm here with Stephen Torrance and Anna, whose last name I'm not good enough at a person to remember. So, uh, hi, Anna, and hi, Stephen. And Hello. here we Hello. are. Hello, <laughs> <Wee. laughs> Someone made me the host, and it was a bad idea, but here we are. Uh, it is. We're live, first and foremost. So everybody who's watching us on YouTube, uh, congrats. I don't. Is is there anybody watching us on YouTube? Uh, uh, we have I one tell?
1: viewer. I, I don't know. Uh, cool. That's probably your mom. It, because it's, it's always either your my mom. mom
0: or Matthew Epperson. Uh, both of those are, are strong possibilities. It could be Definitely. either my mother or Matthew Epperson, both of whom <laughs> who said that they are likely to be uh, watching. Cool. Uh, Huertas, I just found your last name, Anna. Anna Huertas is joining us live we'll on the UberTube. <laughs> I, I've been told I have a pretty good, uh, Spanish accent. Like all of my Spanish teachers in college told me that. Mm. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but I can pronounce it pretty well.
2: <laughs> it's a start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's, yeah, it's better than nothing. Uh, it is, it is February 14th, 2016, which as some of you may know is valentine's day and it is the 138th valentine's day since the beginning of time i just made that up It's not, <laughs> not in any way true i don't know i don't know when the first valentine's day was this is what you get for putting me in charge well uh, but no we are here to talk about valentine's day uh which is like that fact just made up uh it's not it's not a real thing
1: it's not a real thing. We, we actually did some research for, for this episode. Um, we, yes, we be, Go Good eyes. job, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, if we don't get to every all of the, the research in the actual show, we'll, we'll provide it, of course, in the, in the show notes. But, uh, yeah, we're actually, you know, curious about this, this, this thing that, that we do every February 14th that um, I think we talked on the mm-hmm. show before about as uh, like Singles Awareness Day. I think it's it's because Yeah, we
0: had uh, Cheap Chocolate Eve was the name of one of our episodes. Right. Uh, that I was not on and did not listen to because I don't I was I don't think I was single at the time and y'all were like no no coupled people on the show for Valentine's Day <laughs> because science.
1: Right, right because we were all single and, and feeling, you know, left out and lonely and, and everything. So Yeah.
0: Um I was I was gonna, I was making I'm pretty sure I was making um eggplant parmesan. For that that night mm. uh which i made uh, it was the first time i made an entirely vegetarian dish to prove a point what and was the point i did so good job kevin <laughs> uh that i could make a vegetarian dish
1: good good job way to, way to go there way to yeah. go there buddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations um well what are you uh how are you celebrating or not celebrating this this valentine's day
0: are you going to do uh, the well, traditional
1: Amy thing I... and, and give someone flowers? Are you going to give them chocolate? I'm not.
0: Uh, although I have a funny anecdote about that later. Uh, Amy and I made brownies, and we will be continuing to eat those brownies. We started last night, because why not get a head start? Mm-hmm. And uh, we might go see Spotlight, the movie about the uncovering of the sex scandal in the Catholic Church, because that's, that's romantic
1: extremely
0: it's not (laughs) it's just a movie we want to see and uh, we might go see that this afternoon and uh for dinner we will probably eat food
1: okay Uh, that's wow
0: yeah we we've never been a couple that is particularly romantic in the traditional sense Mm -hmm. uh nor are we by any stretch of the imagination uh the kind that like give flowers or valentine's day gifts uh, although I did one year uh, buy Amy a dozen roses, I bought her 12 tiny little bottles of pink wine and put them in <laughs> a vase and thought that was really clever.
1: <laughs> what, what did she think of that?
0: Uh, she thought it was really clever as well and put it on the internet. So I know it worked out okay.
1: <laughs> you're a keeper, man.
0: <laughs> I know. I know.
2: I, I hope keep you're me. keeping notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I
0: suspect uh, it was a better gift than, as we're going to talk about, uh, a dozen roses, which, uh, as I learned recently from some of the things we've read, are not so uh, so ethically sourced.
1: Might be a way I'd
0: put that. So it's
1: it's this tradition, right? That which maybe we should go into a little bit of like, where the hell did this come from as a holiday? It's a good question. And um, Ana Anna enlightened me on that um, a, a couple of months ago and then re-suggested this as a, as a topic for the show around the most appropriate time. So yep. I'll let her uh, tell us where Valentine's Day yeah. came from.
2: So um, I was living in Bolivia in 2013 and suddenly all the children in the school I was working in went crazy about St. Valentine's Day. And I was, oh, right, St. Valentine's Day happens every year why? (laughs) Why does this happen every year? Where does it come from? So um, I, just for fun, did some research on the internet and found that apparently over a thousand, two thousand years ago, Romans had a lot of fun around this time. They wanted to celebrate that spring was going to come at some point and uh, that fertility was the most important thing, you know, like women had to get pregnant the fields had to become more fertile full of grain just cows and all other domestic animals had to just give birth like you know like there was no tomorrow we need some more cow babies oh yeah oh yeah just, all the uh, let's just fill the, the earth with babies that was that was their philosophy uh which we still keep apparently. anyway <laughs> and uh basically imagine um several groups of uh, aristocratic adolescents being sent out into the mountains for a couple of weeks, or several weeks, actually, to live in the wilderness. And when they were ready, which was approaching the 15th of February, which was Romans thought that the 15th of each month was the most powerfully charged day. And Uh. that's when they had like all their... The Ides yeah. of February
1: yeah the Ides of February, February. The Ides February. Of March. every
0: month apparently has an Ides uh, yep. nobody, it's not just March that's got an Ides it's mm-hmm. you know June <laughs> August <laughs> May all got yeah.
2: Ides.
1: Yep. even September yep even September I say so <laughs> oh my gosh
0: uh, although, although my I period. guess uh, did August did August exist on the calendar at that point in time like in the Caesarian age, because August was named after Augustus Caesar. So was yeah, July. It,
2: it probably didn't. So there
0: may, there may not have been an Ides of August. Uh, now you mm. know.
2: Wow. Yep. So
1: on or near the Ides of February, what happened? What did yeah. all these, these young people have gone into the wilderness. They're, you know, living like hippies off in the mountains. <laughs> yes.
0: Proto hippies.
1: Doing Zeus knows what. Right?
2: Well, the, the idea is that <laughs> they would live like wolves because as you know, they patron spirit of Rome was the she-wolf, right? Yes, I knew that. She I knew that. She uh, <laughs> their founders. Uh, so they wanted to become inspired or whatever by the spirit of the wolf, of the she-wolf. And then they would sacrifice a ram. I think that's how it's called in English. Yeah. A ram and a dog, cover themselves in the blood Cut strips of fur from each animal, soak them in the blood and then run down back to the city, just whipping everything and everyone they met on their way. And whoever was whipped and received part of that blood would become, especially the women, they would become particularly fertile. At that point, I feel like this is
0: a a metal music video waiting to happen.
1: (laughs) 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 It's sounds pretty hardcore, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then, well, then after that, after the festival started, because it was a week long festival, um, young young unmarried people would get together uh, randomly in pairs, male and female, and they would become partners for the whole celebration. Mm-hmm. And engage in everything, dance, food, orgies, you know, things that the Romans used to do. You know, the
1: usual. Yeah. yeah. The normal. And
2: some of them, some of them got married afterwards, you know, like there were several pregnancies. Nobody knew who the father was, but anyway, you know, Romans.
1: Yeah. It didn't yeah. matter because kids were happening, right? Yeah. Like,
2: like the children, point was kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's just We don't, we don't care where they
0: come from. Let's just make them happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and you know, diversity. Who cares about like pure right. blood and all that stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
2: know how they say that that fatherhood is an act of faith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't heard that one. No, I uh, that, haven't. It's not an American hmm. uh, saying, but I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why children, like that's why men make their children have their surname just in case.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. Because <laughs> otherwise, uh, they're like, no, I'm again. not your, I'm not your son.
2: <laughs> I have to say, do what you say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. You don't own me. Yeah. Okay, so imagine this panorama of like blood and orgies and mm-hmm. stuff.
1: I'm with you so happening, far. Happening, right?
2: Yeah, um, happening, uh, all the way into the fifth century of the current era, mm. and Catholicism rising, well, Christianity rising, and the particular Roman branch of Catholicism rising, and going like oh, my God, Jesus wouldn't have, have approved of that. We All would right. never know. Probably he would. But <laughs> let's it.
0: okay. He a, a pretty easygoing guy. Pretty easygoing yeah. guy.
2: Yeah. So basically it was abolished for I don't know how many hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at some point uh, it became... They, it wasn't enough to abolish it, as the church often does. They had to rebrand it somehow, like appro- appropriate the, the mm-hmm. festival and make it Christian. So they said, OK, let's look at which uh, Christian martyrs are available that were born <laughs> or lived or died around the 14th of February. And they found three men who were all called Valentine, of whose historical origin is dubious. We don't know if they really existed. That's why they're not considered saints anymore by the Catholic Church. <laughs> but
1: don't we still have, like, the skull of one of them in a, in yeah, a cathedral somewhere? Yeah, we do. But
2: can, but that
0: could be, be skull anybody's forever. skull. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. don't yeah. know where that skull came from. <laughs> I mean... No! find skulls that. everywhere. They're just laying around <laughs> in the past. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I went when I went to to the Czech Republic, there is uh, a I've been Masuleum. there. You've been to Kutná Hora?
0: Yeah, the Ashura. Yeah, it was it was amazing.
2: It's amazing. They have pyramids made of bones what? <laughs> and skulls. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: it's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah,
2: and I was like, where did these bones come from? Apparently, there was like this um, outburst of the plague. At some oh. point in the 1600s or something, and they didn't know what They're to do like, with men, the bones. man, we all
0: these, all these bones. What are we going yeah, to build like, a church. what shall we do
2: with them? Shall we bury them? No, let's make art.
0: That's <laughs> that's pretty metal as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it was amazing. Like wow. it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Anyway, bone piles so just
0: everywhere.
1: So so we're in the fifth century, and and Lupercalia, which is the name oh, of yeah. this this Roman holiday with the with the blood and the young man and the whipping and the. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of orgies. Lupercalia is still around, but, you know, Christianity is a lot stronger than the Roman Empire, and these old traditions are being displaced. So they just picked one of the saints.
2: Yeah, one who apparently wed uh, young couples in secret. Oh, That's yeah. why they chose him, although, whatever. <laughs> uh, <'cause
1: laughs> it, as the legend goes, the um, it was, like, hard times for the Roman Empire, and the emperor at the time was, mm-hmm. like... We can't have men marrying. That makes them weak. and takes them away from being soldiers for the empire and stuff. Yeah. And St. Valentine was like, no, but love should conquer all. And I'm going to marry people. And, so, and he yeah. got
2: killed as a result.
1: Yeah, they hanged him or something.
2: They probably crucified him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what Romans that's, did. That's how they killed everybody? <laughs> Not everybody, right. but when they wanted to set an example. Yeah. Yeah. So so where
0: does Cupid come in all this? Cupid <laughs> being oh, a, well, uh, Cupid, an ancient Cupid is deity. Roman,
2: is the Roman version of Eros. Sure. Who is the son the son of, of Venus, the goddess of love and beauty and stuff. Yeah. So, of so course, I'm, just, I'm curious
0: that we've, we've taken this, this Roman tradition, we've appropriated it to make it more Christian, and then we brought back in more Roman symbolism. Yeah, more of the <laughs> pagan, yeah. <laughs> Probably different we's going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> just. Nope, it was
1: all me. It was me the whole time. <laughs>
2: okay uh, i'm all up for bringing back the pagan part of supercalia.
1: i i am too i think i think the particularly the blood whipping part i think that would be that would definitely go viral on youtube uh for some uh, i'll give you that for some buzzfeed revenue or something um yeah so but ha- when when did we get this this sort of modern association of it being for for lovers or like a lover's holiday because it it sounds like it was just like, okay, it's mm-hmm. it's the saint's day. But that doesn't sound like something that would be celebrated very widely.
2: Yeah, well, so once once the, the church had established that day as St. Valentine's Day, uh, of course, no one celebrated anything on that day. But then this uh, British poet, Chaucer, mm. I think I pronounced his name correctly, wrote a poem. Sound good to me. <laughs> wrote a poem uh, that became very popular where he was talking about how little birds get together to celebrate their love on St. Valentine's Day. And everybody was like, wow, that's such a great idea. Let's do like the birds. Only that in on the 14th of February, f- birds are hiding away because it's bloody cold, <laughs> especially <laughs> in England. Yeah. So uh, apparently there was another St. Valentine's in the calendar in like further on in March or April, which makes much more sense that birds would come out to mate when it's warmer because otherwise their offspring would die. Yeah. But hey, I don't know, just a suggestion. (laughs) So anyway, people were like, oh, we need to celebrate this somehow. And that poem just became the symbol of chivalrous love of you have to go and and woo the lady and the lady just acts all stupid and like oh you're so cute but in truth she's thinking anyway just get real so um what happened after that so that was for like around 500 years because that was in 13 something thirteen seven in the 13 chaucer yeah Yeah. chaucer was 1300s yeah something like that so then we go back let's say yes yeah then we go all the way across the atlantic 500 years later to the us Mm. of course because all these ideas originate in the united states for some reason and there was this woman uh living in tennessee who decided to start giving out cards producing cards to give out on valentine's day Mm. like she she would like hand-paint them, and, and sell them. And uh, when that started, a book was written giving advice to young men on how to write Valentine's notes to their beloved girlfriends or wives or women who did not pay them any attention. And <laughs> it became a thing. It became so popular that we're still doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That was how many years ago?
2: That was in the 1800s. In the 1800s. Yeah, late
1: 1800s. And and you know anything that's older than a hundred years might as well just have been going on forever. As, mm-hmm. as
0: we, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the last name of our or the name of our last one was what? Destroy the past. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, then, how how do we get from the cards to giving flowers or, um, I blame wine Hallmark, or chocolates? Huh? Hallmark.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything's Hallmark. <laughs> Hallmark's fault
2: well in a way i i feel that it was the it was an attempt to resuscitate the pagan origin not not that people thought of it that way of course but flowers are a very uh pagan symbol for fertility and beauty if you mm-hmm. think about about christianity in general especially the puritan side that got to the us everything was very simple it was very black and white flowers what no maybe if someone died but that mm-hmm. was it you know so the giving of flowers, the color red, all those things were were clearly in opposition to the aesthetic that was popular, really, back hmm. then. even in Europe, hmm. if you think about it.
1: Right. So <laughs> at, at some point, you know, the, the demand for flowers kind of outstripped the, the supply from, from the local areas mm-hmm. in Europe. Capitalism um, to the rescue. And <laughs> then, yeah, and then right around the time that global uh, inter, international and intercontinental trade was uh, uh, coming to the rise. So uh, what, what happens as, as a result of that? Where do people start getting their flowers from around this time of the year?
2: Well, I would say, um, of course, what first of all, what flowers do people choose to give on St. Valentine's Day?
1: Oh, well, a dozen rosés, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah roses and and
2: maybe carnations if you're less lucky because but roses are considered to be more elegant and passionate and whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I mean Thanks, the name car- carnation is more is <laughs> it's, it's even it talks even more of the pleasures of the flesh and stuff, hence the name. Oh, so carne, carne- carnation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know all those Latin words. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Carnage.
2: So, but they are very european flowers they are they were flowers that could easily be found, like you can even find wild rose bushes everywhere, and they're not as glamorous and flashy as the cultivated ones, but mm-hmm. still
1: they'll so do the trick
2: yeah, they'll do the trick so people associated St. Valentin's with roses and to a lesser extent carnations, but of course. Producing flowers requires a lot of very good soil, a lot of water, and a lot of forced labor. Oh <laughs> So of course, we have a problem in Europe and the United States, because we don't we have enough We don't yeah. have enough immigrant workers to work on the flower plantations, so what do we do?
0: Um, we outsource. We, we yeah, outsource. We outsource.
2: To where? Where do we outsource um,
1: to that? To that place that everybody thinks is a country, but is actually a huge <laughs> continent. Yeah. It starts with an A. was
0: forgetting. Antarctica? The... Antarctica. That's it. That's it. That one. Right. Great, great for growing roses. Totally.
2: Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so basically, good climate, enough water, good soil. Very few labor regulations and a lot of government pressure and probably a civil war or two. Yeah, Africa.
1: Africa, (laughs) Yep.
2: Perfect place to grow cut flowers. Mm. (sighs) Not that they need the food, you know, like who cares if we use the best soil available to grow flowers
1: so so nowadays it's primarily what ethiopia
0: and kenya yeah are, are the big producers M- mostly
2: of... kenya then ethiopia mm-hmm. south africa to an extent
0: south africa yeah. i will Something i will like... point out that to, that's for the european side uh north america gets most of ours from south america
1: oh do we
0: okay yeah
2: <clears throat> i would say that a lot a lot of the um, at least in recent years a lot of the flowers the u.s receives is from come from africa as well
0: hmm. no I'll have to check my sources. I I only I there was a Planet Money episode about this a few months ago, and I don't remember (laughs) what they said.
1: Oh well, we'll link to that uh, as well. But basically, we're we're putting a lot of pressure on on not the areas that actually consume these things, which is, I mean, this is endemic, right? Our food Mm -hmm. supply is this way. Our consumer products are this way, and you know why wouldn't our our you know weird com- discombobulated reassembled hybrid <laughs> traditional holidays be this way right and, and the things we get for them um
2: but i mean at least food you can understand like okay there are things that you can't produce in a colder climate or
1: whatever yeah. but can <clears throat> we just
2: analyze the life cycle of a flower
1: yeah how long the, so so <laughs> what are we talking like do, do flowers last like a couple of weeks or like like at their you know at their peak let's say let's say you know i'm a i'm a just a a good you know good american uh <laughs> you know late twenties guy i'm you know maybe work in a library i haven't had too much romantic success in my life I haven't looked too deeply into things, but yeah. you know i get get by. And, and you go on you know, OK Cupid, and I go on OK <laughs> Cupid, and I find a, a nice a nice young woman who looks looks great. And we we go on a couple of dates, and then you know Valentine's Day rolls around, and it's like, well, we haven't been dating for too long, but you know this is this is a big step. I could I could give her flowers, right? And and uh, you know I go down to the the stand, you know on on the street, and I I pick up a, a dozen roses, and they smell great, and they look great, and they're you know wrapped nicely, and I walk away. Um, how long had those Flowers been in there, and when were they picked, and how long will they last after I give them away?
2: Well, most flowers, um, they are. Uh, well, I don't know how long it takes for them to bloom, and mm-hmm. I don't know how many days it takes for them to go from, let's say, Kenya to London.
1: Probably, Whatever. like, well, doesn't uh, Kenya have an airport oh, dedicated yeah. to...
2: Oh, yeah, at the terminal of the uh, Nairobi airport yeah. uh, is dedicated to exporting flowers, which is ridiculous. An entire entire terminal. But I know that flower shops receive flowers daily.
1: Daily. Yeah, so you have they, to don't, get they don't have a big shelf life.
2: Mm. Yeah, about 24 hours, 40, 48, maybe. And what yeah. happens to the ones that aren't sold? Well,
0: that's, <laughs> that's a big problem. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big problem that planet money was dealing with. And I'm, I'm really having difficult finding the, uh, the episode specifically. I found references to it. Um, but they were talking about, uh, the, the problems with it is, is, and they were looking specifically at Ecuadorian flowers. I didn't find that reference. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that they have to ship them incredibly fast, uh, to, to get them anywhere or it's just lost money. And that Valentine's Day is really their biggest day of the entire year, which causes all sorts of problems because, uh, you know, that it's it's a cash crop that's not good year round. You know, if I make mm. too much corn this year, I can store a lot of it and have it next year. Same thing for grain. Same thing with a lot of, a lot of food staples. Uh, and and make up that shortfall, but you know the the price of a bouquet of roses is cut in half on February fifteenth. Mm. You know the the entire market collapses after that point uh, with with small changes. But that's it's really interesting that that's it's a crop that makes so much money, but only in these very very specific situations and circumstances.
1: <sighs> so I, I'm curious what what sort of the ethical considerations are here, right? Like this, this is sort of, it ties into other stuff we've been talking Mm -hmm. about and maybe other topics Mm -hmm. we have touched on the show, which is what are the unintended consequences of, of a tradition, right? Of, of something that you just sort of do because it's expected in society. And you know, what, what sort of impacts positive or negative is it actually having uh, not only near you, but, but far away, um, and so, something mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about, Kevin, is is how this relates to your uh, your stance on on tipping in restaurants.
0: Yeah, which uh, I, we'll I just, know you've
1: written about and have an opinion about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we must have talked about it at some point in time. Um, but I and other people who have studied this uh, certainly uh, question or are outright in favor of destroying the practice of tipping at restaurants. Uh, because it perpetuates a lot of lot of problems, uh, from not being able to pay your workers a fair wage, to uh, unfairly lowering the total cost of your food, uh, to just having a, a significant economic detriment overall, not being able to to guarantee a living wage for people that all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, we when we were talking about this episode, we actually was like, Kevin, do you still you asked me, Kevin, do you still not tip? And I actually said, Well, I never didn't tip. Uh, And I make a point of doing it now because if I'm at that restaurant, I'm at that restaurant with that tacit agreement of I'm paying this waiters or waitresses for their time, like directly. And as much as I hate that to be the case, there's not really a way to avoid that unless I'm intentionally going to a restaurant that does not deal with that. Whereas in something like I can choose to not buy flowers because of all of the terrible conditions in which they're created – uh, but I h- haven't already implicitly agreed to that by walking into a florist's. If that makes sense.
1: Hmm. I see. So. It's, uh, and then, so
0: there's a, there's a certain amount of emotional distance and agreement that's been made that is easier to break. I guess so. Like
1: it, and this is this was the weird thing to me is like when you're when you're in a restaurant, right? It, mm-hmm. it, say, say you're tra- say you don't ag- let, let's just let's just take in both situations. We agree that the practice is not good for for the people giving for the service or doing, I'm, I'm, I'm for, for anybody, I'm for anybody really. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just it's a bad practice for the system. Yeah. In but the strategy for like how do you how do you begin to change that? Right. If there's a, if there's an is to an ought there, right? Well, it is this way. It ought to be this way. Uh huh. The the strategy in capitalism is vote with your feet. Right. So yeah. if you don't walk or your into a florist, or both florist yeah. with your wallet, if you don't buy flowers, that sends kind of this, this anonymous demand signal up the stream mm-hmm. somewhere that, um, oh, flowers aren't really in demand. You know, some, some bean counter looks at, wow, you know, numbers are down. People aren't buying as much. Maybe we shouldn't plant as much next year. You know, and yeah. then, so you have this sort of uh, negative feedback loop where the, the whole system or positive feedback loop in the negative direction. Where the, yeah. the the system eventually declines, in a restaurant situation though, you have this this like counteractive measure where like it's this it's this social um, proximity right? Like, mm-hmm. have you felt like when you go into a restaurant, you feel the waiter knows like if you don't tip, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, even if I don't know, like, typically, it, it not tipping can be a quote unquote safe experience because it usually happens after you leave. Uh, which is sort of a, a politeness thing about it, is you can get away with it. Uh that's, which is all part of the the whole social structure there. Um, but they remember, and you have you have directly impacted somebody's day negatively. You uh, you have caused harm, so almost I'm I'm comfortable almost saying. Uh and the and that's because tipping is so ingrained and so expected, and the laws are such in the US that you can get away without paying people because of tips that uh there's there's this sort of reinforcement of it within that system, short of not going out to eat or not eating at places where tipping is is part of that culture. Uh there are a couple places here in Austin. Uh Black Star Co-op, I know you went there when you lived here in Austin yeah. Stephen. yeah. Uh they don't allow tipping and they pay their staff a fair wage. And there are places like that and there's more and more of those, but there's not enough of those, you know, short of right. going I, to, I don't
1: see that catching on, right? I don't see more yeah. restaurants going, oh yeah, we're, we're a living wage restaurant.
0: Yeah. Um, short of things like fast casual restaurants or fast food outright, where that's never been a part of that culture. And why is it mm-hmm. okay to, you know, tip someone who brings me, uh, you know, fried chicken livers, but not someone who brings me fried chicken McNuggets, you know, one of those is, is okay to tip and one of those isn't.
1: And and see, this is where I, I would be, I would be curious to just ask someone in, you know, Ecuador or, or Kenya or Ethiopia mm-hmm. or wherever these, these flowers are coming from. You know, how do you feel if like, if I don't buy the flowers that you picked, right? Like, yeah. and, and. They're probably like that's great that I don't know I'm I'm speculating here but well so based you've, on, you've, a, on a couple of accounts that that yeah. I saw it's like the labor conditions are terrible
0: they are yeah it's it to me it's one of those things that it's it's the this is the not double edged sword because I don't like that phrase anymore but that's it's sort of the argument in favor of it is like oh well we're creating these jobs uh, as if for somehow these people wouldn't be able to find doing other sorts of work or be productive in other ways uh, you know if, is it the right kind of job is just as important to me as is its it a fair job. You know, if we wouldn't pay someone, what we'd put someone through, what would they do in our country, what they go through in Kenya, Ecuador, Ethiopia, why would we do it if we can't see it? You know, Mm -hmm. why does that make it okay? Well, it's a very,
2: it's a very effective marketing campaign. It's like, Oh, sure. (laughs) Give, give this flowers. And actually that's why I wanted to analyze the life cycle of a flower. And that's why we were saying, you know, this is like giving someone A dozen zombies, because the watch this not... Watch this die. Yeah, Yeah. so the flower isn't alive because it's been cut, but it's not completely dead yet. It's not completely... I don't know, the petals aren't falling apart, but clearly it's this thing in between that is very much kept alive by all the chemicals that have gone into it. And all those chemicals are handled by people. Mm. People that have no job security that you know are not really properly protected to handle those things i mean there's a reason why we don't produce flowers like that in europe and the u.s
1: it's it's almost like
2: <laughs> you wouldn't be able to pay for them yeah we can't flowers. pay people to do it <laughs> yeah it almost uh, the analogy is like
1: you yeah, think of it as if as if the, this flower is a living being right and the flowering mm-hmm. stage of, of a plant is like when it's at its most fertile it's like mm-hmm. it's like yeah, it's, you know the, the balloon it's ready to make flower babies right it's when it's ready to reproduce so it's like it's like the point you know like a like a person in their adolescence or like mm-hmm. you know uh you know a dog or a cat in their prime right and you're yeah. and you're killing it at that point pumping it full of like of preservatives and giving it to another person what like if someone did that with a a dog you know with a puppy or a cat like we'd be horrified right
2: yeah but i mean flowers who cares you know we don't even see how they're produced people people don't even think about it why don't we just give plants to one another or seeds to one another why do we give the flowers it's like i wish that you're (laughs) fertile like really fertile this year or at this point in your life, but then two days later you're going to wither and die, yeah <laughs> yeah I hope Basically.
1: that you have a really beautiful, short existence <laughs> <my
0: love. laughs>
1: like, what
0: <laughs> yeah, although have you all heard, and this is just something that that occurred to me I'm looking it up on on uh the the wikis right now, I'm posting a link to it. Have you all ever heard about this thing called the language of flowers um which oh, was It sounds a, familiar, but i. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got, I like, I don't, I only know a little bit about it, but the idea was that you would use flowers to send covert messages oh, uh, between yeah. people. So you could, you could either send the actual flower or you could send pictures of the flower or cards and you could, um, you know, they could coded the message to the recipient, allowing the sender to express feelings, which could not be spoken aloud, uh, in Victorian society. Um, so it's this really sort of fascinating thing, uh, that I think ties into this, uh, albeit obliquely because, you know, the only meaning that we give to flowers now is rose equals love, uh, poinsettias for Christmas. And is it lilies when somebody dies? Am I getting that right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so it's like, I've, I've only got three words in this language, uh, <laughs> but apparently there was a lot more going on at one point in time. Uh, and I'm oh, curious and so if like that... The,
1: the number of flowers as well would have an impact and like maybe yes, how they were arranged. the number, and,
0: the arrangement, the different types, mixing and matching. So a uh, 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 rose next to a blue bonnet would have a different meaning than a rose next to a uh, orchid of some sort and these sorts of things, uh, which language they, so fascinates me just in general.
1: It, it is fascinating to me, I just think, wow! Another way that the Victorians ruined everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did that. They did that a lot. Was well, just... at
2: least at least the Victorians probably used like local flowers. <laughs> but, probably it's... you know, Hopefully. which is which is another another thing that I was looking at during when while I was researching this. It's um, South Africa is trying to create a demand for okay, still we we can produce flowers, but how about we export? Our flowers that do not require so many resources to be produced. Yeah,
0: I saw that using using natural, mm-hmm. uh, which will of course require lots and lots of uh, marketing. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: well, you know what Stephen described earlier. Like, you know, if you don't walk into a flower shop, then you send this message down the line, that, and mm-hmm. the demand will yeah, the, the invisible that hand work at work that way. Mm. Yeah, because the demand is fabricated.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, which I loved uh, the the video that you posted earlier, Anna, about engagement rings. Yeah, because uh, I've I've only recently become aware of of the diamond cartel that is De Beers, and uh, that video you posted from Adam ruins everything, uh, which by the way I spent all of this morning watching every video I could find of that because that show is amazing. <laughs> yes, um, uh, but sort of speaks to that and and sort of the power of marketing in sort in this capitalistic you know not true supply and demand world where we created the value of diamonds out of nothing. And I say we meaning De Beers and they still have no intrinsic value. They have no, the, the purpose that diamonds can serve is one of an industrial sort of mining use, not of oh look this is a pretty rock. And I get even more angry about it now because you, you'll see things like chocolate diamonds are are really big right now or just I'm seeing a lot of ads for them which are diamonds that 30 years ago we would have disposed of for being too impure and they're being the most common type they're brown they're not clear they're brown uh, but now we are remarketed them as something to buy for yourself rather than waiting for him to buy them for you
1: him Whoa. being in
0: this and it's 100% like you can look it up it's gross that's, that's messed up it's gross <laughs> uh. it makes me mad uh, but brown diamonds well, just are just as
2: long are, as you continue buying stuff you know like who cares yeah.
1: what, what it is <laughs> So once again, we back, get back to oh man, global finance capitalism ruins everything uh
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but but really like like i'm i i want to get back to like the the theory of change model right like what what is it really for something like like flowers or or tipping right what what mm-hmm. is what is the the what is it that um an individual can do in their own buying habits, speaking habits, whatever? that, well, I think uh, it's, begins to remedy the situation.
0: Yeah, personally, I think it's, it's, it's what we're doing. It's sort of this counter capitalism, this counter marketing, uh, thing is talk about it, speak up about it and, and have that conversation, ask the questions. Uh, and we've, we've seen, you know, here in the U S we've seen the power of people, um, speaking out against things, you know, you can look at something like Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, who has managed to uh, – the, the U.S. election is really big right now. I don't know if you all know that in Canada.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening we, to the NPR news every, every okay. few days or so. We can't stop talking actually, about it. Th- the Canadians even can't stop talking about it. They're okay. like more into it than, than we are. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I'm not.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, I'm not Canadian.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we were, like, were talking about, because it's just such a spectacle, you know? It's like the World Cup it of certainly Politics is. or something. It certainly <laughs> is.
0: Well, one of the big stories in this narrative that is the U.S. presidential election in 2016 is that of Bernie Sanders, who has basically rejected uh, all corporate financing and corporate money uh, and is subsisting entirely on individual donations from relatively small small sizes of individual donations and is raising millions of dollars because of that. And so Mm. the idea that we can use sort of our individual speaking power and by sharing a message that we believe in, make larger change kind of gives me like hope that that can happen. Whereas every other candidate short of Donald Trump is supported by a super PAC uh, with nearly potentially unlimited funds. Donald Trump doesn't have to do that because he's independently wealthy which is to say he's really good at blowing his daddy's money. Yeah. And uh, that it's, it's fascinating to see that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really heartened by uh, – you know, we've, we've talked politics occasionally on bad philosophy. So sure you know, we this, have. Isn't, this isn't out of bounds. Um, yeah. I'm heartened by, by the Bernie Sanders movement and how he – he really went from like – my Facebook feeds were all uh, – you know, were full of Bernie Sanders like a year ago before you ever started hearing about him talked about on any any with any seriousness even on NPR right even on yeah, the, the yeah. quote unquote liberal media right yeah. it was all it was hillary 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 and then it sound it's been really interesting to hear them, the narrative change it's like they're begrudgingly talking about bernie sanders yeah. you
0: know? and they're still trying <laughs> you know, I guess to we can't ignore hillary him yet. yet yeah
2: like. why why is that this is biggest hillary's the woman uh, I, I think just because she was anointed,
1: right, by by the well, yeah. that side, right, is as, as oh, well, this is the person. You know, we had she Bill was supposed Clinton, to be running great,
0: unopposed. You know? uh, yeah. well, the party had basically decided that Hillary would be the candidate, and um, because she is very much an, an establishment candidate, whatever that means, but she takes money from people like Goldman Sachs. She takes uh, her cues from the Democratic Party's leadership at large and that's exactly what the party as an organization wants out of a candidate they want someone to perpetuate these systems and to yeah, so okay. be able to and find if someone a woman,
2: then you win part of like, oh, then, then the that's that too. she's a feminist. And, well, yes. Like, yes. They might get yes.
0: confused. Hillary Clinton does not have what I would call a great feminist track record. Of course uh, she doesn't. <laughs> in the same way that I can be a man and a feminist, she can be a woman and not really a feminist. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> <Right>. definitely. <laughs> and, and sexism is perpetrated mostly by women.
0: Yes. Let's not forget uh, that. Well, that's so. that's because we created a society where we said the only way you can succeed as a woman is to kill all the women around you.
2: No, Uh, and behave like a very particular type of man
0: yeah yes yes uh although there is sadly a group of um a relatively small vocal group of what are what have been dubbed the bernie bros who don't talk policy or debate or but basically just hate hillary because she's a woman Uh, uh uh, which is is the gamer gate of this political season, if you ask me. Uh, which is yeah. to say, it's a relatively small group of people making too much noise, and we should just ignore.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing is is these these uh, tiny things get blown up by that that weird apparatus of the of the internet and the media.
0: Yeah, um,
2: and also what people choose to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, really? absolutely. It brings us back to this whole topic. Yeah. It's like the, this is a huge thing. This is a huge mm-hmm. industry. You know, this is the, and this is a tradition. This is it's these unseen things in our lives right that oh well i'm going to buy flowers for valentine's day you know it's just and you don't even give it a second thought about where where the flowers come from yeah. but it's these little things that like have no impact whatsoever actually that you spend all your time thinking about um wow the media has made such a mess of this age to use uh, the yeah words well and for and we're brand. seeing
0: <laughs> we're seeing ways to change that now uh the the younger generation i say as i'm Closer to 30 than I've ever been before. And the, the kids these days uh, <laughs> don't, don't watch the media. They watch the Uber tubes. That's, that's where they interact with everything. And they, they live in a different sphere. And that's always been the case. But it's fascinating to me to see that how much that's growing and how much that is being adjusted by the new mainstream or what is becoming mainstream you know in 20 years the john green hank green empire is going to be fascinating and right. and cnn will be talked about in the way newspapers are talked about today that old slow media that gets to things if they cover anything talks about it 2 days later and ignores what really matters
1: so you think like and maybe
0: we've talked about this
1: on the show before but something like the hank and john green you know they could become huge political forces right In i think they are having, yeah. i just think
0: their their audience hasn't yet hit voting age uh so
1: i'm I personally from the sidelines of this i saw a lot of youtube get get bought right like basically become yep. the media right they got all of the all the old media you know big the, the comcasts and the viacoms and all these basically started up you know, little YouTube studio spin off things mm-hmm. that they owned. And so, and most of them YouTubers failed. In. Really? So, what, where yeah. does that stand now? Like, where, where's the revenue? Well, coming so, from for these? so,
0: um, some of it is ad revenue, uh, which is a problem. Uh, Patreon has been huge. Uh, subscription models, there's, there's a lot of different things. But so, for example, Geek and Sundry was one of those that came out as a YouTube studio. Uh, and they got this massive funding for their first year. And then got zero funding after that. They cut all the funding wow. for a lot of those channels. Um, and Geek and Sundry shrunk, but they have still been successful. They kickstarted in, or they kickstarted the Indiegogoed a uh, season <laughs> Indie-go of went? tabletop.
1: Indie went went. I don't. How do you? Yeah, how do you? The ND, ND,
0: <laughs> ND, they, they crowdfunded indy they they crowd funded a season of tabletop. Um, a lot of the stuff that they're doing is, is being independently funded. They've gotten sponsorship deals, things like that to stay active. And those are the ones that have survived are the ones that are, are easily filmed, can be shot, you know, more or less in somebody's bedroom and are, are not being restricted by the lack of money. You know, the YouTube studios thing funneled up. Boatload of money into channels and said, Well, this is how we funded TV for years, is we throw tons of money at it and we keep throwing money at the things that are successful. But we didn't know how to judge what was successful. And throwing more money at a thing did not make it more successful on YouTube. And so the people who are successful, Hank and John Green started and are still successful, but started recording a video message to each other once a week. That was all it was in their bedroom and doing some editing. And they're still one of the most powerful groups, the, the Nerdfighters. That's the group. Yeah, guys. Nerdfighters. Um, and still have a ton of cultural cachet, and I think that's only growing. And they could get, cut everything else. You know, John would still write books. Hank would do whatever he does and send video messages to each other once a week, which they still do. And that would be sufficient. Like they would still have an audience. They've been able to grow because their audience has grown, but they, they don't have to. And the cost of entry is getting lower and lower all the time. Uh, you, you know, the fact that we've been doing this podcast for eight years or seven years, however long it's been, and it has cost us almost nothing, is pretty impressive. True.
1: I, I have started to think about, though, like what are in, – in the same way that there's sort of this unseen apparatus of the, of the flower industry right behind this yeah. – this, thing that seems very easy to do oh just buy flowers yeah. you know um what are kind of the unseen apparatus behind you know what you said that low cost of entry you know mm-hmm. us being able to do look at look at the tools we're using right we're using yeah. google google and more google right <laughs> which which is also this huge global apparatus it is of, of you it know is. using power and and of course all the servers, right, that are that are running all of this video stream right now, are using rare earth minerals mined under mm-hmm. terrible conditions in third world country. Uh, not third world, developing,
2: developing, developing
1: countries. Please. Which They're I also racist. have a. Can we talk about that briefly? Like, I don't think either term actually is good because developing implies that that they are that there's some sort of Im- thing to d- develop toward. It right? implies a certain like,
0: path of progress. Yes.
1: Right. So what what it, should it, we call these?
2: places oh my god you're bringing me back to my um <laughs> exploited <college> years <laughs> exploited places uh well
1: the byproducts of colonialism you, said you got two masters in this yeah. so you should know the answer
0: <laughs>
2: right <laughs> um well who who is labeling who is doing the labeling
0: here exactly we are mm, yeah
2: so what what parameters are you comparing here is our economy more developed as in do peop is there more money? Are there more resources going back and forth? Is there more opportunity? Whatever that means. I mean we we could just go into the deconstruction well, yeah. of the whole text behind this, right? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have fun. And we've
0: got we've got twelve minutes left, we can do this. Okay.
2: But if you um there's a very good book, uh that I don't know if either of you have read. It's called The Open Veins of Latin America.
0: Nope. I probably should, but I have not. By
2: um, Eduardo Galeano. Very good Uh, book. He's from, well, he was from Uruguay. He he died last year. And uh, basically he was, he was criticizing how, of course, Europe and the U.S. and, well, the rest of the global economy is what it is, mostly because of all the wealth that the Spanish stole from Mm -hmm. South America.
0: Yeah, colonialism
2: yeah but even even beyond colonialism like how do we continue that colonialism today it's not that because those countries have become independent that oh, they absolutely. are less subservient to to any of this right so yeah. how do they call themselves how if they were to if we were to ask them to describe their economy or their culture of course they're not less developed in the same way that a child is not less developed in his or her personality to an adult. Yeah. They're just still trying to figure out how to make their body do what they want to do. But we are all the time watching and well observing and analyzing the world from the white male adult perspective and of a middle class to wealthy perspective as well because yeah. if you ask the poor if you ask a person who has no access to resources in i don't know new york city what are they going to say oh yeah i live in a very devo- developed economy but i have no access to it so
1: yeah so i might as well not
2: yeah yeah, hmm. yeah that was very
0: deep. Yeah. i mean i, I <laughs> well no i should no. Uh, I, I just i'm just, just mulling, way, yeah. i i i think and and this may just be a, a a difference of how we use the word. When I use I use colonialism, and I use it somewhat maybe haphazardly, but I I use it knowing full well that that's not a thing that has ended. Um, the idea of being in a post-colonial world is is inaccurate at best, and we are still feeling the 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 long fingers of that in everything, and and it hasn't gone away at all. And I I make light of it. Uh, If only to normalize it as to sort of make that awareness sort of a given that we are aware of it and making changes of it because uh, we have to talk about it. That's 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 what we're talking about right now is how we how do we change the things? We have to make them known. We have to talk about them. So I agree 100 percent with what you said. So
1: this Valentine's maybe we should we should bring it to a wrap up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing host stuff. Sorry. It's okay. Uh,
0: We're going to end the episode in 30 seconds. Go.
1: (laughs) Go. Um, this Valentine's Day, don't buy flowers. Make a gift for somebody, or just hug them a lot. Yeah, and tell them how much or you just, love them.
0: <laughs> uh, or the the uh, the option I always gave, because uh, I had a lot of friends in college who liked to do grand romantic gestures on Valentine's Day. Uh, sometimes to people that they weren't even dating, like trying to do the whole romantic comedy, which could be a whole other episode, romantic comedy cool. style of like knocking on your door and holding up a sign or a boombox or whatever, um, don't do it on Valentine's Day. Pick any no. other day of the year. <laughs> no, just
2: do it every day of the year. Yeah. How about that? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, grand romantic gestures are even worse on Valentine's Day. <laughs> S- setting yourself up to
1: fail there, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking yeah.
2: Uh, for our next Valentine's Day episode, we should talk about the sexism of... Thinking that men have to do it all the time and getting like really uncomfortable when they receive flowers or things like that.
1: Oh well, we, you just did. So <sighs> I that's a whole got <laughs> a whole
0: episode on that romantic comedies. We yeah. could go for decades.
1: We could we could we could just keep keep this thing going till we uh, till we fall off the stem as it were.
2: But yeah, uh, just I guess uh, I I would just say that. Be a bit more conscious of why you do what you do. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that you are exempt of using your brain to think, wait, so why am I doing this again? Do I yeah. really want to do this? Because most of the time you don't even mm. want to do it. It doesn't make you happy. The other person doesn't really feel ha- I Flowers don't make me happy. Seeing flowers in a field does, but getting mm. a bouquet of flowers doesn't then I have to throw them away when they die. Mm. And I think, oh, that was a waste of money. Never mind everything I know everything about else. how they're produced.
1: Yeah. I think there's one more point here, which we, we've been dancing around, but we may have never said, which may have been better, but whatever. Um, is that that there's something we want to preserve around this time, right? There's something we were celebrating. There's something the Romans were celebrating in the first yeah. place. Fertility, love uh you know connections something about this time of year joy joy
2: like joy in the middle of the winter
1: right and and let's think again about like well yeah we do value those things and Mm -hmm. what are ways if we were to just invent a holiday now that celebrated those things you know what would it look like you know let's let's kind of think about what 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 is meaningful to us now to to celebrate there um, you know, what would Valentine's Day look like if it were not Valentine's Day? What would a spring ritual look like if it were invented now? You know, February 14th, 2016, um, we, <laughs> without just lazily appropriating <laughs> everything that already exists. Like how do you, right?
0: uh, well, I, I, I'm going to counter that, Stephen, and say, how do you how do you remove the history? Uh, you know, how do we how do we create something new that's not in conversation with everything that's come before? Um, I I don't
1: think that that my statement is exclusive, but yeah, like like it would it would have to of course address what already exists, but just yeah. like this this episode did, you know, use that as a jumping off point, you know, rather than just saying no, we don't want to do all that. It's like okay, we acknowledge that this is a thing. What parts of this do we want to keep? What's the essence of it, and then use that as a seed for for what comes next?
2: Can we just not do it on Twitter?
0: <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe that's another have episode. You, have you tweeted yet? Yeah. Have you tweeted yet, Anna? Ana? No, I, know I haven't. You, I've, know?
2: I'm following you on Twitter, but I haven't. I saw. I'm excited been. about
0: that. I don't tweet anything <laughs> worthwhile. Uh, I don't think I tweet anything worthwhile. It's been a while. I'm, I'm mostly lurking on Twitter, but I do tweet at least once a week or so. So, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. Stephen doesn't tweet, so you don't have to feel like you have to. It's okay. Steven, I do. Stephen, so you, you auto-tweet your things you post on Instagram with Barton. Uh, that's, and I retweet
1: bad philosophy.
0: Yeah, that's that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I'll. I'll you have to cultivate then, an suppose. audience to keep it active. Probably. Nah,
1: I mean, most most people are pretty lazy when it comes to the people they follow. So I, I think yeah. I'm still coasting off the ASL followers. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, should Should we
0: Should we wrap this up? Yeah. So uh, episode's over. Bye, everybody. Or we- for real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in charge. Ah, the power. Uh, Now, thank you, everybody for – thank both of you for uh, for being on the show with me. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I know sometimes I feel like we just scratch the surface of these topics. But luckily, there's plenty of links we're going to post in the show notes uh, for you to sort of expand your mind and go further down this rabbit hole with us. Uh, As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Philosophy. You can find us on Facebook, uh, which I have mixed feelings about already. Uh, at facebook.com slash badphilosophy. Although know that if you follow us on Facebook, you probably won't see us tweet about this unless you intentionally go to that website, because Facebook gates all of our posts unless we pay them money to boost them to the people who actually chose to follow us. So, you know, (sighs) there's that. Fuck Facebook. Yeah. Uh, But Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see everything we post because that's how Twitter works for now. Uh, I'm Kevin Saunders. You can always follow me at Twitter at Kev Sond. Stephen Torrance, you're at...
1: I'm at S-Torrance, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E.
0: I know, I like the way you say it, that's why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm also in various places on the internet as Eco-Texan, spelled just like it sounds. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, T-E-C-H-S-A-N. That one, yep. <laughs> uh, Anna, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, pleasure to have in. you. I know you have a Twitter <laughs> account. You don't have to share it. It's not like you do anything with it. <laughs> but we will
1: be including, if it's found, we will be including um, a presentation that that Anna created herself. Uh, it is in Spanish.
2: No, it's in English. Actually. Oh, it's
1: in English. Yeah. Okay, so uh, even better, you can on this very topic and convenient uh, because she really did a lot more research on it. Yeah, than, she. We than should we. have just and, shut and up the a entire. Fun. Yeah, we should have just shut yeah. up the whole
0: episode and let her talk, and then that would have been everything. That would have been way easier. <laughs> Definitely.
1: Can you just? Can you just like? do all of the episodes from here on out? Yeah, that'd be great sure. can I do my, them in Spanish?
2: yeah,
0: yeah I don't yeah. mind or in
2: French I, yeah. as far
0: as I know our audience speaks French and Spanish I have no evidence to say otherwise
1: <laughs> do you want to maybe like like wrap up the episode in Spanish are you okay with that Kevin sure. Mr. Host? I,
0: by all means uh, I wasn't doing a very good job so you might as well try <laughs> No,
1: I mean just the last part. You know that.
2: the, so the sign what, okay. Do, do I, do I have to? What do I have to say? You can then?
1: say whatever you would like, because probably we, we won't don't understand know.
2: it. <laughs> okay, but what do you normally do when you wrap up an episode? I don't know. Uh, make it up. Okay. <laughs> it's bad for us. I don't. I
0: don't listen to this show. I don't know what we normally say.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, básicamente no complaints. flores. Si queréis demostrar vuestro amor para las personas que os rodean hacédlo todos los días del año y si queréis dar un paso más simplemente sed útiles para las personas a vuestro alrededor. Y escuchad bad philosophy.
0: <laughs> I heard don't buy flowers and listen to bad philosophy. That's all I got. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of it was very important as well.
2: I'll, I'll get you the subtitles.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Adiós amigos.
2: Turlum.
0: It's, oh. a kitty. Kitty. Oh, it's a kitty. it's no, a kitty. kitty. Hi. She's not excited no. about this. She thinks <laughs> this was not no, fun. No, no, not no, part no, of the plan. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay.
2: <Sure. laughs>
0: At philosophy.com. I have no idea what I'm doing.